I watched some a couple of Tim and Eric episodes recently. Um, some while hover, sober, some while high. And, some while uh, hover. <laughs> well, that's a portmanteau of high and sober. Uh, <laughs> If you want to listen to Lover, you better get with my friends. It's Think Outside the Box Set. <laughs> I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt. And I'm Becca DeWitt. And this is a show Taylor, about... Oh. It's a it's a show about Taylor's hips. Ta- Taylor Swift's hips. They don't lie. You know how much she sings about her hips in uh, this album? Quite a bit. Right, at least at least twice, which is two hundred. Well, <laughs> infinity it, more percent than previously. Yeah, <laughs> it's the pop version of singing about your jeans. <laughs> she's she's talking about her hips. She's talking about getting drunk in yeah. almost every song. Yes, she does some drinking in this album. We're, this is a Taylor Swift podcast fan cast. Yes, <laughs> it's always been about Taylor Swift, and it always will be. Um, and it's always positive. And it's always positive. <laughs> and it's always hip. Now, um, what is it really, Nathan? Uh, it's a podcast about learning to appreciate artists that may be misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed. Um, I have a question for Becca. Uh, mm-hmm. You can cut this out if this is putting you on the spot. But did you listen to last it week's episode? It is putting episode? you on the spot. I did not listen okay. to last week's episode. I was just going to... Because we were kind of we were kind of dumping on, on Tay-Tay. We were not as into that album reputation. And I was wondering uh, if... You and everyone else, yes. Yeah, yeah, does that everyone else include you? Do you dislike that album? The way that I feel about Taylor Swift... And <clears throat> buckle up. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm re- I feel really interested in her journey. And I really like Reputation because I think... I don't know how you're going to end this sentence in a way that I'll respect. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. Reputation seems like... The, something that is interesting about Taylor Swift is that it seems like her entire public journey happens before the public. And most people who are famous for a really long time retreat when they need to step away from the public. And Taylor mm. sort of does. I mean, leading up to Reputation, she had like a year of just not... Like, she basically went dark on Twitter. She like didn't talk to anybody. So she did retreat. But still, all of the like moments of her journey and all of the feelings are out there and upfront and in her album. And I feel like Reputation is a really necessary piece of that journey. That like, if you are going to be an extremely famous person with the amount of pressure that's on you that Taylor has and you're going to document all of it, then Reputation as an album has to exist. And in that way, I feel great about it. Like, I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's just an interesting, I don't know, I think it's interesting. I also, that album has one of my, well, yeah, maybe, I don't know. It has a song that I really like on it called New Year's, which is all about cleaning up from, I don't know if y'all talked about that last week. I think we briefly maybe mentioned it. Yeah. We've talked about it in previous episodes, and I agree that song's pretty good. Yeah, it's just a song about her doing like a a totally normal thing and experiencing it as profound, which is not a thing that she normally, convincingly at least, writes about. I think she always is trying to imbibe things with romantic weight, but that song, I actually believe her. I'm actually like, yeah, your your soft spots are getting all touched by this shitty house you have. Ooh. (laughs) I also forgot 
to tell y'all something. I realized Cameron was asking me in advance of last week's episode if there's anything that he needed to say about reputation since I couldn't be here. And something really interesting that she did from a marketing perspective with that album is she set up a contract with the U.S. Postal Service to advertise on postal vans and get discounts on shipping. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I heard about yeah. that. And I don't think anybody else has ever advertised on USPS tracks. Like it was like a one in a... Like, interesting. Only time ever thing. So That's pretty wild. Yeah. It is pretty wild. Yeah, she's just like such an interesting yeah. character in terms of always, always innovating in that way. I, I just imagined our our friend Kent, who has become a, a mailman in the Portland area, and just imagining him with a Taylor <laughs> Swift truck <laughs> delivering the mail. It makes me really happy. <laughs> t- t- uh, Kent of the like, um, only listens to Tom Waits. <laughs> <laughs> I went through a period of that. Yeah. It's yep. understandable. Yeah. I had a really good time actually uh, listening to Tom Waits and playing Grand Theft Auto and just like running around blowing up cars while Tom Waits was going. He's <laughs> 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 singing about bones <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Cookie Monster voice. Love it. Give me, give me more of it. I'm here for it. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, I like this album better than Reputation. It's a lot more yeah, fun. Def- I like it more musically. It's it's bouncier and like I don't know. Uh, it feels less um, less like self absorbed. I don't know if I call Reputation self absorbed, but I liked that this well, one is less that's... focused on her reputation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically the the main thing that we ganged up on her for is just like uh yeah just having a huge chip on her shoulder the whole time uh in that album more than any other album yeah and how it's just i don't know it's just like not super fun to hang out with people when they're like that yeah (laughs) (laughs) like regardless of whether you're on their side or not you know it's just like you're doing fine just we chill (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's where it feels like she got like really (laughs) So you know when you haven't pooped in a few days? <laughs> days? Plural? <laughs> you was, know what that's about, Ellis. Yeah. We all know. Come on. Let's be real here. Um, it, it feels like she, that's kind of what happened with Reputation to me. Like, she's been... I mean, the girl's been, like, so... The woman has been so, so busy since <laughs> she was, like, 14, you know, doing yeah. the same thing. And in that time, growing up in some ways, but not growing up in a lot of other ways. And with yeah. Reputation, I feel like she kind of just flushed it all at once. So you're saying it should, instead of being called reputation, it should be called constipation. Ah! <laughs> well, whatever's the, I mean, a, whatever the opposite of constipation, what follows constipation? I like this album pretty well. Um, Do we say that it's, I, it's Lover, the album? from? Oh, it's, it's Lover. We're doing these in order. 2018, right? No, I, 20, 2019. 2019? 2019. It's it's probably one of the least exhausting over an hour albums that we've covered. It is long, hmm. but yeah. and it's like eighteen it's got like tracks 18 or songs? something. At least in the in the maybe that just might be the the like deluxe version or whatever. But um, yeah, I was like this. This is pretty engaging and fun to listen to. This the the production sounds pretty different on every song, mm-hmm. and uh, I I'm not. I, I there's there's not too much like focus on any one aspect of her 
persona that that would make me feel annoyed like it it's just nice and light and it moves through all these different ideas and it's just easier t- to listen to Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and edit her Wikipedia article about the 689 public awards she's won and add a 690th <laughs> least exhausting over an hour length album. <laughs> I think outside the box. Set. Congrats, Tay Tay. You finally, you've, you've done it. You've reached it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a it's a hard award. thing to do. Even if you're like, if you make great music, it's like, yeah. why is this over an hour? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, remember ICP? Oh God. Like 90 minute albums. They Ooh, had boy. so much to say. Yeah. It's also interesting. She didn't do any, this album is all fresh content for this, uh, for this album. None of it is leftovers from previous albums, which is interesting. Cause she almost always does that. So she, Oh, Oh, it's a, a lot of very fresh content. Mm-hmm. Hot, fresh content. Ooh, come get it. Well, speaking of, um, you know, chip on your shoulder songs, this first song, I forgot that you existed. I think is one of her most, effective songs in uh that's about her own process and her emotions about criticism Mm -hmm. um and uh and uh what's the word i'm looking for um disdain yeah uh i i think this this album i i think this this song is actually effectively at least to me delivers those ideas in a way that feel palatable and like I can appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Can I talk about in my feelings more than Drake? So yeah, your name on my lips, tongue tied. Free rent living in my mind. But then something happened one magical night. I forgot that you existed. And I thought that it would kill me, but it didn't. I just want to say, if uh, if the last album was Constipation, this is the release. <laughs> I was going to drop a couple notes about leading up to the release of this album. Oh. Now when do I do that? Okay. When do, can I? Yep. Yeah, go, yes. go for it. Can I yeah. do it now? We'll get okay. back to the songs. So a couple things. This is the first um, album that she's recorded on not Big Machine Records. Did you all notice that? Uh, no. I heard of that, yeah. yeah. It's on a tiny okay. machine. It's on just a little, little machine. So small. Um, <laughs> Nanobots. So she had, cool. been, she had been having fights with her record album. Not fights, but conversations with her rec- record album for years about wanting to Label. own uh, <laughs> nouns. I just wanted to make sure I understood what she meant. <laughs> Don't put your labels on me. Yes. About wanting to own her masters of all of her recordings. And uh, Big Machine Records was never willing to do it. And then Big Machine sold to uh, Ithaca Records, who also had owned Kanye and several other people that she had been in rivalry with. And she was really pissed about it um, because Taylor's like obviously the most successful artist on Big Machine. So she Mm -hmm. got sold to somebody who she didn't like at all. And then there was a big fight about her um, owning her master recordings. And for a while, she was threatening to re-record all of her former albums so that she could get around. Right. I heard about that. Ownership. How bonkers would that be? It would be it would be bonkers. Is she really going to do that? That seems like seems like a shitload of work. I don't know. She's so prolific. It doesn't actually seem like it would be that hard for her. It's yeah, like whatever. You already working. wrote the songs. Like yeah. yeah, she's. I mean, she's records so much stuff. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to talk about is it. 
again, just like typical of her, she did a lot of really interesting promotion to her fan base. And so the first like Twitter sort of hint at the album is she released a picture of seven palm trees on a blue background the day that she finished recording the album, uh, which her fans immediately took and run with, ran with because they're really used to doing this. Somebody in an article I was reading was comparing it to the Marvel Universe. They're like, the Tay Universe is like the Marvel Universe. It's like just super like <laughs> incestuous and interconnected. And several wow. of her fans guessed like, oh, seven palm trees. She's she's getting ready to drop her seventh al- album. Um, oh, and, and then seven. proceeded okay. to do... Yeah, right? Like, super, I don't know, interesting. Um, And then she proceeded to drop a whole bunch of similar um, kind of uh, little hints throughout social media. That sounded good. (laughs) Including... Sorry, dropped a mic for no reason. (laughs) Having a 13-day countdown on social media and on billboards in major cities like London and New York. So she had a bunch of billboards that just had, like, the number 13 on them. More like Tay boards, am I right? Oh, mm. (laughs) yep. No, I don't. I don't agree. <laughs> no, ain't no don't. bills here. It's just Tay, Tay, Tay. Lack of consensus. Um, <laughs> anyway, I continue to be really interested in that. Like the way that she's. It's interesting that she. There's like her music, but then there's this whole world of people who are just willing to sort of follow her around on social media and guess what she's up to and do it really effectively. And uh, yeah, I think that's interesting. Yeah, she maybe is one of the first artists that we've covered that has like album release sort of events where part of the enjoyment for the fans of her music, it's not just the music itself, but it's also the anticipation of it. And it's the sort of, yeah, like I think that's a really interesting comparison the Marvel universe, you know, the Marvel universe is notorious for always sort of like pointing towards the next thing and looking towards the next thing. And, sometimes at the expense of the quality of the thing you're supposed to be currently engaging with. Um, and I'm not saying that Taylor is doing that necessarily, but, but it's effective because that is a way of engaging with media that is really satisfying, hmm. which is, um, Ooh, I have something I can look forward to. Um, and I, I, I don't perceive a lot of other, pop stars or musicians in general really doing that. Yeah, there's not a lot of lore for most bands. Yeah, just like MCR for some reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least not it's like also- generated by the artist. Like there's there's always like the 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 music heads who are like talking about which player was playing on which song and what studio they were using. Like there's that kind of lore for every band potentially. But there isn't like a lot of self-generated lore in the same way that Tay-Tay's doing. There's this idea of push versus pull marketing. You guys familiar with that concept? No. Push marketing is like what most people think of as marketing. Oh, oh! I'm doing that thing where I'm leaning into the mic again. Don't do it. Karen's shoving me <laughs> away violently. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, push push marketing is is like traditional marketing where someone wants to sell you something so they come to you. So pull they just push it right you, in your face. Yeah, they shove they shove you much like Cameron just did to me. Exactly. <laughs> push Cameron push, was push marketing. Push yeah. producer over here. Um, uh, pull marketing is where you create something that people are interested in engaging with and they come to you. And and this kind of social media strategy strategy is super brilliant pull marketing for the social media world because it generates all of this just buzz and speculation and people writing articles and like yeah her releasing a super enigmatic like post with seven palm trees probably generated just 
tons and tons and tons of really valuable internet traffic for her. And she barely did anything, you know? So mm-hmm. smart, Tay-Tay. Mm-hmm. Hats off to you. Yeah. It's like she's running uh, ARGs, alternate reality games. <laughs> oh, Cameron's getting barfed on. <laughs> <laughs> this is all making it in. Um, this is my goal on no edits episode. Oh, I'm leaving it all in. Oh, that sounds like a, a boundary that I can continue to push throughout the episode. <laughs> I wonder yeah. in which ways I shall push it. Yeah, probably just in the normal ways where you like fuck up sound samples. I'm guessing <laughs> at least that. Oh yeah, I can't wait for that. <laughs> mm. All right. Uh, Okay, now do you want to talk about Forgot Yay. You Existed? Oh, yeah, should we should we listen to it again? Yeah, let's just listen so everyone, to it again. It's fresh in everyone's minds. Couldn't get away from ya. In my feelings more than Drake, so yeah. Your name on my lips, tongue tied. Free rent living in my mind. But then something happened one magical night. I forgot that you existed. And I thought that it would kill me, but it didn't. There's some fun, bouncy piano on this album, and I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of that production reminds me a lot of, like, some of Kanye's production, um, which, you know, <laughs> as much of a villain as, as he is in this season, um, and this season of Think Outside the Box set, and also America. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, he his, He's always been, like, one of the best hip-hop producers ever like his production is incredible um and uh i feel like it's influenced so many there's probably some like av club article about like or vox article about how like the human how the way that like kanye west uh processes the human voice and turns it into beats or something like that, you know, like, but I, I, there's some of that going on in the background there. Yeah. Um, like, I think that's a voice doing that little, that little melody, but it's highly processed. You're saying, ah, 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 I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's really catchy song. That's the first thing that it has going on. Mm. I also like that, like I said earlier, this is a song about, letting go of someone and it is a bit paradoxical it's like you're so vain you probably think this song is about you you know it's like that level of like well (laughs) you didn't forget this person existed because you're this song is about them um and you're talking about this person but i could still appreciate the sentiment um and uh yeah i like that i like that it's about letting go instead of like leaning in yeah uh, I think there's a, there's, a, there's an oblique reference to her previous album. Uh, she says uh, in verse two, got out some popcorn as soon as my rep started going down, down, down. And I'm wondering if, if that's like kind of a reference to how Reputation was not as successful as some of her previous albums. Uh, as soon as my album Reputation started going down, down, down. To hell, yeah. <laughs> I think I would argue that they both reference the same source because she... Oh, I'm sorry. I really should have been on the last album. I mean, I had debilitating back pain. But do you all know that, uh, what was it? Like, Burn Taylor Swift was the number one Twitter tag 
for a day. What? Or like what? Down, down with Taylor Swift or something. Let's look it up because this is important. Pre, pre-reputation. Like that's oh. what she's... Reputation is so dark because Taylor Swift had gone through this like extremely big backlash where people were really, really publicly hating on her. Um, Why? Hashtag. What reason did they give for hating on her like that? I mean, you know how the internet... Taylor Swift is over party was the trending hashtag for two days. It was the number one trending hashtag in the whole world. Damn. um, On on Taylor Swift. Like on. And that was after her album before Reputation? Yeah, it wasn't in response to her album. It was just in response to like. I mean, she's a super famous person, right? She's always being tweeted about. And I think everything just kind of hit a culmination. She was getting a lot of criticism for dating too many people and for being too fake and for Don't being too like, many dates totally yeah. like yeah she was she was just thing in her brain yeah <laughs> that's what people said <laughs> hey hey uh yeah and so that is kind of what started the plummet is is she was like she says in her miss americana documentary which is sort of linked to this album um you know, she's like, do you know how many people have to be tweeting something for it to be, like, the number one tweet in the world? Um, Shit. Yeah. yeah. So she really, I mean, she really did have, like, a a huge, like, pitfall of her reputation and got really angry. And that's why she created the album Reputation. And then her story is that then she went on the tour for Reputation and started recognizing that she had, like, all these amazing fans who were actually willing to, like, see her as a person and deal with her as a real human and, like, respect her. And this album is sort of, like, her, like, love letter to them and coming out of that. So, yeah, I think the reputation itself is the thing she's she's referencing. Um. Now, I'm trying to figure out why, why specifically... Oh, the internet has taken sides in the Calvin Harris-Taylor Swift spat with... Who the hell is uh, Calvin Twitter. Harris? I don't know. She dated him. She's a guy he did. He's a guy she dated for a period of time. Oh, oh my God! This okay. is a uh, this is um this is very complicated. Apparently, yeah. it involves we, Kanye also. We need to have a yes, yes, no episode about this uh, on uh, Reply All. I don't know if any, anyone else in this room listens to that I, show. I I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> I mean, I've, uh, I've listened like two episodes. I think years ago. It, it's where the two hosts of the show um, explain a, a high context, you know, very in in the hour of the day, like uh, timely tweet uh, to Alex Bloomberg, the uh, uh, person who you know uh, is the the founder of the like media empire that Reply All is under Gimlet, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Anyway, so um, but yeah, it's. Uh, that's too boring to actually fi- find out why Taylor Swift is over. <laughs> I, mean, I was hoping there'd be some reason that made sense. Yeah, I think it's just a culmination of like her feud with the Kardashians, who are also a really live, you know, social media yeah. presence. And then she's feuding with Katie. Like, there's all this. Yeah, I just doing oh, a cursory yeah. review. Um, I'll send you the uh, the URL of the article, so you can put it in the show notes, um, the learn and links. It appears that it goes back to Kanye's uh, song. He famous i think and he yes. he has a line i feel like me and taylor might still have sex why i made that bitch famous um, right yeah yeah i also object to that ellis uh good point um <laughs> and then uh let's see kim kardashian posted a snapchat appearing to show a video of kanye showing her that lyric and her approving it and so people were oh cool <laughs> yeah but it's apparently like kind of 
maybe deceptively cut together, but people were reacting to Taylor objecting to that line when it looked like she had approved it or something. Yeah, and what she said is what she said is that she had she's like he told me he wanted to sing about me. He didn't tell me he was going to call me a bitch. Is what she was like her retort to that. Yeah. He never said he was going to call me a bitch. Yeah. I I don't know why she didn't just assume that. <laughs> <laughs> mhm. Anyway, so that's apparently so that is all background to her album Reputation then, right? Right. Okay. Right. Which is background to this song. Yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, I mean, uh, unless the song is about a specific person, but it seems like it's about just haters in general. Yeah, and about her sort of leaving the reputation era behind. Yeah. Yeah, it's refreshing, especially after... <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> I think the lyric, um, your name on my lips, tongue-tied, free rent, living in my mind, I think that's a really perceptive line. Um, like Which, a, it's a really free rent living in my mind. I, I think that's an idiom that she did not coin. Right. But I agree that it's it's a really great saying. Free rent living in my mind. Yeah. Uh, huh. I, 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 think, I do not believe she made that. I up. think it's typically phrased as like blank is living rent free in my mind. Huh. I've never heard that before. I like it. It's very like it's a very perceptive way of talking about how we we can feel controlled by people when we're giving them control. Yeah, yeah. I think it's even entered the realm of politics. Uh, I think Alexandria Ocasio Cortez said something about like she's living rent free in Donald Trump's mind or something like that. I think sure. I think there's been a political usage of that term. People, hmm. people love thinking about her. <laughs> they do. They're really trying to make her. I the love thinking about her. Woman. She's great. <laughs> yeah. I think I think she's the anti boogie woman. I think she's going to solve all her problems. <laughs> and it's definitely healthy to uh, uh, latch onto someone in that kind of messianic way. Yeah, no, I think that's no what problems. she wants. <laughs> no problems with that. Uh, I think more people should just uh, should just pronounce. Uh, I have no problems with this when there's something happening that they have no problems with. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be a good thing, a good habit for us to get into the, the habit of doing. Uh, okay, shall we move on to a different song? No, I have th- things to say about the oh, music. Okay, uh, a couple more things. There's no downbeat on the first beat of the chorus, um, and I think it's just really catchy. It's just like a little musical detail that where it just sort of feels like it floats. Uh, and you can play that sound sample yeah. so people can hear what I'm talking about. But you showed who you are then one magical night. I forgot that you existed. Yeah. Yeah. It comes in. Existed. And then it's beat one, which is silent. And then the next 16th note. Yeah. Comes in. So it, the music drops out entirely for what? Is that four beats yeah i think so and then you would expect it to kick right back in after the mu- like once the music what once that like four beats of silence is done you would expect to just bounce right back in with the beginning of the chorus but there's an additional beat that it's that uh is not like hit is that what you're saying exactly yeah it, it comes in on one of the subdivisions after the downbeat uh yeah very softly it it actually to call back again to like chance the rapper like in his album um coloring book one of the things i really like about it is that 
there's almost like no percussion in the whole album. Hmm. And the beats that are there are super soft and almost never bassy. Um, so it gives this feeling of this like kind of light, airy, floating feeling, which goes good with Chance's lyrics too, which are often like that. Um, and that's like the vibe he usually wants to deliver. And it didn't really work as well in the follow-up album. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and I have to wonder if people are taking cues uh, when, you know, in this song when they're, when they're producing it. Because I, I think that helps a lot with the vibe of this song. Just those those little details. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Parts of this... Part- she forgot the downbeat existed. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Just keeping the downbeat on the down low. Parts of this album really remind me of Justin Bieber, and particularly Purpose, which is his 2015 album. Um, and that, that like... That whole, that whole situation does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, do I have anything else to say about this song? Okay, there's some like, there's some more just sort of faux candid moments. There's like a snide chuckle and mm-hmm. like a weird laugh. It sounds like that ack 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 noises that cats make. Ooh. And then there's a moment where she sort of trails off. Um, I want to listen to the heart attack ack ack ack. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh shit! Did you get barfed on again? I did. Oh man! <laughs> Thanks for including it in the audience. Yeah. Um, I have no and, problem uh, with this. <laughs> <laughs> Will you play that where uh, Taylor sort of trails off? Yeah. She says, "So yeah, I believe." It isn't love. It isn't hate. It's just indifference. So yeah. Is that the end of the song? <laughs> I don't remember. I think there's. I think maybe it comes back in. I don't remember. No, I think that's. I mean, according to the genius, it looks like that's the end. Huh. Well, there you go. That's funny. All right. Uh, very, very naturalistic. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Shall we move on to a new song? Yeah. You want to do Lover next? Sure. Lover. I hardly knew her. I had to say it at some point. It's <laughs> actually reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> I've known you 20 seconds for 20 years Can I go This song kind of sounds like uh, Beach House uh, Did you see who co-wrote it? Uh, no Is it Beach House? Uh, it's An- Annie Clark from St. Vincent Oh, okay yeah. So I mean, I don't exactly know what Beach House is, but I feel like it's a place to go for a vacation. Popular. Or <laughs> I feel like she got popular in the same kind of era that that kind of music was popular. Right. Yeah. It's like what is it? Grizzly Bear? Is that Beach House? Yeah, there there's a grizzly bear living in the beach house and it's praying to St. Vincent and there's a big party they're all there. <laughs> cool. And it's it's a it's a nice winter, uh, which is to say in French a bon hiver. It's just con- it's just adult contemporary. Yeah, it really <laughs> that's is. what that's what it is. Yeah, screw it, screw labels it, like called. dream pop or whatever people call Beach House. It's just adult contemporary. <laughs> Easy listening. 
I'm going to start a genre called adult extemporary. <laughs> and I'm going to start a genre called difficult listening. <laughs> it's going to have a lot of very quiet Steve, songs. Steve Reich. <laughs> <laughs> it's just quiet. <laughs> uh, John Cage. Lots of covers of John Cage music. Yeah. Yeah. Reputation. When, go on that chair. Yeah. When... when when Becca and I first fell in love, all that I wanted to listen to for fun was minimalist and post-minimalist music, <laughs> like in the car and like while cooking food. And Becca was just constantly just like, this is not like the vibe that I want for our date right now. <laughs> and I'm just like, dung, 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 just jamming out to yeah. fucking vibraphones playing the same note over and over again. Uh, I must have been absolutely insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff um i wanted to work a reference into or a pun to in c there but i couldn't figure out how to do it oh there you go maybe the beach house uh, is in the sea or something i don't know i don't know what do you want from me uh, yeah you're getting all rileyed up <laughs> okay is that something uh I'm trying to help Nathan. Uh, you dug this pit. Uh, okay. All right. Let's. Uh, this is the song "Lover" from album of the same name. Um, <laughs> we could live the cri- the Christmas lights up till January, and this is our place. We make the rules, and there's a dazzling haze, a mysterious way about you, dear. Have I known you twenty seconds or twenty years? Are you gonna play the sa- the sample oh, of this song? You have. You have a sample of that. No, I mean the. Uh, did you Did you take a? a... Curated, didn't he? I I played no, it. You just play "Cruel Summer." Oh. What? What? What's going on? <laughs> I th- what is I think he's... I... Mysterious way about you, dear. <laughs> there it is. That's the one I played earlier. We've decided that our podcast isn't long enough, so we're going to do all our sound samples twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to stuff the content. I'm sorry. I thought we were still on Cruel Summer. We oh, didn't talk we about it. We skipped it. it. But, yeah. yeah, I don't remember you skipping it by playing the next sound sample. Ah. Let's talk about that more. I'm leaving all this in. I'm okay with this. <laughs> now who's pushing the envelope all, of what's staying in? This is all peak content. <laughs> this is what people are signing up for. This is what they love to hear. Uh, yeah. So or the chorus goes, can I go where you go? Can we always be this close forever and ever? Ah, take me out and take me home. You're my, 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 my lover. So Taylor Swift told Vogue, "This has one of my favorite bridges. I love a bridge, and I was really able to go to Bridge City, <laughs> which I think is really fucking funny." Yeah, she went to Portland, I guess. Yeah, uh, should we should we listen to the bridge? I didn't take a sound sample, but maybe you can just scrub around, and I'll leave it all in. Oh, good. I do love doing that. Uh, here we go. Where is it? Yep. There, there it is. is. Nice. Okay. That's fast. Should probably start fading it out. Yeah, probably. Fair use means we can use as much of it as we want fairly. As long as we review it. Yeah. I think that bridge is fine. 
<laughs> yeah, it's not, I, it's not great. It's not as good as she makes it out to be. I just yeah. like how much she liked it. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, it's it's like a weird matrimonial thing going on. Yeah, she loves weddings. She loves imagining weddings. Yeah, she's not married, correct? She does. No. Has she ever been engaged or married? (laughs) Has she ever been to a wedding? Has she ever been to a wedding? (laughs) As far as I know, she has never been engaged. Are you really a fan of weddings? Name every wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love those kind of gatekeeper jokes. Those are very funny. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, Maybe I take everyone. this magnetic force of a man to be my lover. How do you, how do you like, how do you like that description? Oh, he's, that guy, he's a magnetic force of a man. Does that mean t- Taylor some sort of robot? I guess so. It must mean that. <laughs> it has to. Some sort of metal lady? <laughs> or else what, why would that matter? She's a fembot. <laughs> oh, uh, I watched. Uh, this is this this kind of thing would typically go in our weekly mini show uh, for supporters called "What's in the Box Weekly," which people can get access to by going to support.boxset.website and paying us a minimum of two dollars a month. Um, but I watched half of the first Austin Powers movie recently. Um, oh, while I was kind of high, and uh, uh, the first like ten or fifteen minutes are pretty fun, but it, then it just gets really draggy and really boring and not very good. So. Doesn't hold up. I, I've never seen it. Eh, yeah, I'm missing much. That sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> people love those movies, but I just, I, I do not care for them. Yeah, no. I like the character of Austin Powers, but uh, I don't like most of the the content of the movies. Yeah, it's it's when Mike Myers started getting like really up his own ass, I think, and uh, he he loves doing this thing of like um, just repeating something in slightly different ways as if that were a joke yeah um, yeah at, at one point austin is talking about his own genitalia and he's like my twig and berries my meat and two veg uh my my little scrumptions or whatever he just like he just like gives five different okay, little, well, that's, like, nicknames. that's actually hilarious so I don't know what you're talking about. right but uh i mean that's, that's funny as fuck that is a funny example but when like half the dialogue in the movie is that kind of setup it just gets very tiresome anyway uh why did i start talking about austin powers uh fembots oh fembots she's yeah. a fembot yeah it was, yeah it was Taylor very to our conversation yes 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 um i I love that so much of this album is rooted in actual physical locations. And again, not sort of the idea of them, but actual, like, it feels very rooted in real life in that way. And I really like about this song, it feels like Taylor's just been, like, lonely for a really long time. And that actually, like, literally the idea of having somebody else to decide when you take down the Christmas lights with is, like, a huge relief to her. Yeah. Which is sort of how I imagine her life. You know, she like owns islands and mansions and has been like alone. Oh, for the better part Aww. for like years, you know, for her mm-hmm. whole life. Like, I mean, she's got a close immediate family, but I don't think they mostly live with her. And like, yeah, that it's so significant to her to just be like, this is our house. We can invite our friends to stay at our house, you know, in it's the really middle of the street. They say no man is an island, but Taylor Swift is an island with a mansion on it. A mansion. So no mansion is an island, but some islands have mansions. And no woman is an island, but Taylor Swift is a woman with an island. 
That's what the song solve for X. <laughs> yeah, actually, I really, I really want to hear Becca talk about the man. She's a man, baby. <laughs> I would be complex. I would be cool. They'd say I played the field before I found someone to commit to. And that would be okay for me to do. Every conquest I had made would make me more of a boss to you. I'd be a fearless leader. I'd be an alpha type. When everyone believes ya. What's that like? I'm so sick of running as fast as I can. Wondering if I'd get there quicker if I was a man. And I'm so sick of them coming out. So I just realized that um, I just started playing the song from Spotify instead of the sound sample that I took. Uh, so that was the first uh, 40 seconds of the song. Oh, I was just jamming out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that was the entire... Uh... I'm okay with it. It's staying in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's fair it's okay. use. Taylor uh, owns it now, so... I, I review it. Uh, it's it's pretty fun. That's my review. Yeah, I, th- I think We it's, use it fairly. I think it's super catchy. I think the melodies are really lovely, the way they just sort of trail. Um, they'd say I'd played the field before I found someone to commit to. Like, yeah. That's all sort of one line that just sort of trails off. It actually reminds me a lot of Owen Pallet's writing. In, oh, um, yeah. Uh, one of the songs in um, in Conflict mm-hmm. has a really similar kind of uh, phrasing. Mm-hmm. And the, the burn out, burn out. Yeah. Burn out, burn out. It's, just, it's lovely. It's yeah. really great. It's good stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, this song album. is really dense. It feel, like content wise it feels really dense and I think it's because a lot of the time she's writing about things that she's written about so many times before Ooh. and she's never she's never written about this before mm, like literally yeah. at all this is her seventh studio album and she's never said anything about what it's like to be a woman in the recording industry so I think it's part of why this song feels lyrically more dense is because she actually has a lot of really good examples I was thinking a lot as I was listening to this about her lawsuit. Did you all talk about that last week? It happened like slightly before Reputation, but I think it's still true. where she got like uh, groped? Yeah. So the... We didn't talk about that. Here's the story. The story is in like 2013 or 2014. She was at some event. I think it was an awards event or something. It doesn't really matter. But they were taking a photo and some guy reached up her skirt and grabbed her butt. And she and her mom reported it to the studio who then fired him. Yeah. He sued her. Uh, for a couple Ugh. million dollars and Gross. lost, and she Good. immediately turned around and countersued him for a dollar and won. Uh, and that lawsuit was decided in 2017, in August of 2017, so right before uh, Reputation probably dropped in October. I don't know that for sure, but she usually releases albums in October. Um, what a boss move, by the way, to countersue to prove right? a point for one dollar. Like, he right? probably blew a shitload of money on attorney's fees, like trying to milk that cash cow anyway. Yep. And then to just like <laughs> counter sue just to make the point instead of like trying to double bankrupt him is yep. like that's a that's a hell of a move. It's a hell of a move. Yeah, it's a classy move. And part of what she said about it is like, you know, I recognize that I have the means and the resources to to sue and to stand up for myself and my reputation can handle it and so many women uh can't. And it also there's a lot of really funny stuff in the interview transcript. Uh ah, shoot. Pull it I up. wish I'd prefer yeah, yeah. Pull it up. Uh, you are prepared. Yeah, there's, Here comes. she just she is super <laughs> sassy in the interview in the interview transcript. There's several really funny moments. Oh, let's look at this. This is the article I read about it before. Um, there's a lot of really funny quotes of when the defense is trying to like 
Oh, no, this isn't it. When the defense is trying to uh, kind of like get her and, tr you know, push her about it. Um, okay, you're going to have to wait for a second, but I think it's going to be worth it because it's really funny. Oh, man. There's some really good genius annotations on this song, by the way. Yeah, let's talk about the song while Becca's pulling yeah. it up. So there's a pre-chorus where um, she's getting to the cho the chorus of like, if I were a man, this is how it would be. Uh, the pre-chorus is, and they would toast to me, oh, let the players play. I'd be just like Leo in Saint-Tropez. Um, Saint-Tropez being the like famous uh, vacation destination. Uh, but mm. it, there's a genius annotation on it that's really interesting. Um, talking about Leonardo DiCaprio who apparently hosts yearly galas in Saint-Tropez. As of 2019, DiCaprio, who was 44, had never dated a woman over 25. Uh, yeah. To contrast that with, a t in 2012, a 22-year-old Swift was labeled as a, quote, cougar for dating Connor Kennedy, who was 18 at the time. So that's four years difference. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, she dated Harry Styles, who was four years younger than her. And she got, like, a bunch of flack. Uh, right. Business insider published an article calling her relationships age inappropriate. Right. Um, and I, I think there's something to be said about like it, it gets like the closer you get to 18, like the yeah, difference yeah, between absolutely. like an 18 year old and a 24 or 25 year old is like pretty vast. Um, but then again, she's only like 22. So like she's dating 18 year olds at 22 the absolute difference is definitely much less than Leonardo DiCaprio dating women who are 20, 21 or 23 years younger than him. Yeah. You know? And they don't, business insider is not publishing articles saying that Leonardo DiCaprio is, uh, having age inappropriate relationships. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, once again, uh, uh, it is okay to have, asymmetrical asymmetric asymmetrical like relationships and you know in all sorts of ways uh and age is one of those ways but i think when someone commits to only doing that uh especially if it's a man committing to only dating um women who are under 25 uh wh whether explicitly or implicitly i think that I think that says something. I think that's a little suspect. Um, I think it's pretty sus. It's pretty sus. Like, uh, sorry, I'm getting distracted by uh, the how much, the, how another much barf is on me. Yeah, more barf. Um, yeah, it's like it's like when there's a there's like a white guy who only dates Asian women, and he just like keeps doing it again and again, and you're just like, well. I, I'm kind of wondering if you have some sort of like weird fetish or like tokenizing thing going on. Like, you know, you're not going to like think he's an awful person just for that, but you start, might start wondering like, what's up? What's going on there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I found one of the quotes. There's another one that I can't find, but do you want to hear it? Yeah. What was the context so, for this again? Sorry. No, you're fine. So the, um, at the trial when Taylor Swift was testifying at when she countersued. Okay. Um, one of the things that was presented as evidence was, an, was a picture because they were taking a picture at the time that he groped her. Mm -hmm. And uh, his attorney, when he had Taylor on the stand, asked her, it said, this photo doesn't show any inappropriate touching. And he asked Swift why, she, why her skirt did not appear ruffled in the front. And Taylor responded, because my ass is located in the back of my body. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that that is so fucking good. Like it's got to take such guts to like be in a courtroom responding to a lawyer in that yeah. kind of way that just like totally shuts him down. Totally. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty badass. Anyway. It's got some chutzpah. Yeah, she does. She does have some chutzpah. Um pretty badass for like pretty back of her body ass. <laughs> good one, Cameron. You're the number one dad. <laughs> I forgot if that part if that's in the episode or not. It's hard to say. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, it's all in. Right, but did that did, was that before the episode started? It's all in. <laughs> oh no! <Nathan. laughs> Take out the parts where I sang you two some songs. <laughs> no, this is the best part of the album. So nah. far. The, the episode. No. Oh, okay. Do you? I think it. Is, I think it is interesting that uh, she co-wrote this song with a man. I think she's absolutely like she. She could do whatever she wants, um, but like a man named in, Joel it, Little, in, a man named Joel Little. Um, I think that there's uh, there's sort of a trend uh, lately of, and and I think for good reason of. If something is like one, like Wonder Woman has to be like written and directed by like a woman director, you know, or like Black mm-hmm. Panther has to be like, if if the content is about something that has to do with identity politics and the people who are at the forefront of making it happen, it's sort of expected that they should be too. Yeah. But so I, I guess I, I am, I am interested in what parts of the song Joel Little is responsible for. Is it like her song that he sort of edits or is it his song that she throws a couple lines in? It's always hard to tell. Yeah. In these writing credits. Because he's he's listed second as a songwriter. Um, Yeah, but in the genius he's listed first. Yeah. Huh. I wonder how that works. Because, yeah, on Wikipedia she's credited as the first writer on all these songs. I think I think that in Wikipedia, I think it's it's always that way. Really? I Let me check so. reputation. I, I think so. I'm gonna try to feed that baby. Yeah. Like oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Just Even reputation. Reputation always has Taylor Swift listed first for the uh, writing credits. Yeah, I think that just has something to do with their formatting, um, and I don't perceive that as being how geni- how how genius lyrics works. Rap genius. Right. Because sometimes she's listed first, yes. even if there's multiple artists. Do you have anything else to say about this song, Becca? I think it makes sense that she... I mean, I don't know. Taylor is the only executive producer on this album, and she co-wrote the song. I feel great about that, you know? Yeah, I don't feel, yeah, I don't feel bad about it. Um, yeah, I don't think the song is, like, the most revolutionary or something, you know? Like, I don't tend to think about Taylor Swift as being... I, I have very strong feelings about Beyonce, which we've talked about before on this podcast or the like bonus podcast but i yeah i i I don't see taylor swift as being like the most earth-shattering feminist but i do i really appreciate the song in that i appreciate that she's finally finding voice to talk about all of this stuff and in the miss americana um the like documentary that she created about her life one of the things that she talks about that i think is really true is she talks about she says you know i've reinvented myself four or five times throughout the course of my career um, and that's way more than a man, like, 
ever would have to. And I think that's really true. Ever since then, I've thought about that. And like, you know, Hmm. just male artists not they're not being the same expectation and Taylor Swift is, is constantly like changing her hair, changing her style, changing her aesthetic. Yeah. Like Rolling Stones is like still doing the same thing mm-hmm. <laughs> that they've been doing for like 80 years. Or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or like, who were we talking about the other day? I, when I asked that question of Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran. she ran so far away. <laughs> Ed, Ed Sheeran. Ed I hardly knew her. She ran so far. That's amazing. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't know if he's ever, like, quote unquote, switched styles. In fact, I think it would be weird if he did. You know, I think we'd be yeah. like, what are you doing? Like, why is your. That's weird. That's yeah. I can't wait for Ed Sheeran's reggae album to drop. <laughs> I mean, Justin Bieber has done that more. Like, there are some. Yeah. Male artists that have done it. But anyway, yeah, that's it. That's all I have to say. I think I think the, the couplet, I'm so sick of running as fast as I can, wondering if I'd get there quicker if I was a man is one of the best lyrics that's been in a Taylor Swift song. Hmm. I think that's a, a, a wonderfully concise metaphor image idea. Mm -hmm. I think it's very effective. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And she's not saying that she wants to be able to specifically get away with like that. She wants to be able to be bad. Like men are. Yeah. Like to the extent that they are. I don't think she's necessarily saying that, but I think the points that she's making are like, yeah, super valid. Yeah. The opening line is I would be complex. I would be cool. Yeah. They'd say I played the field before I found someone to commit to. I think that line is especially relevant to her career too. Cause she's like, she's gotten slut shamed so much. Yeah. All right. uh, Should we move on to a different song? Yeah. Yeah. Which one? paper rings oh, i forgot to tell you something oh. uh the music video the voiceover in the music video taylor's voice is voiced by guess who guess who guess who trivia uh, who's the male voice of taylor in the music video who voice wait who, wait the besides the singing voice yes there's a voiceover with a male voice in it oh a I male voice that. uh james is earl jones famous man oh no but that's a great guess <laughs> it is orson voiced- wells <laughs> <laughs> El- elliot gould <laughs> Sean Connery. <laughs> uh, it is voiced by Dwayne and the Rock Johnson. Oh, okay. That was a fun. That's what cool. does he say? Fun little t- tidbit about it. Uh, I don't remember. I just remember looking at the media being like the, the Wikipedia. He says something about the people's <laughs> elbow. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he, he says something about what Taylor Swift is cooking and whether or not we can smell it. <laughs> uh, Becca, what song do you want to talk about next? Um. Well, okay. I think there's so many kind of big hits on this album, it's hard to know. I was tempted to talk about Miss Americana, but I don't think we actually need to. Um, I really liked Cornelia Street, but I think we also don't necessarily need to talk to it. We maybe should get jump to London Boy because it's the next big hit from the album. Okay. You don't want? Do you want to talk about Paper Rings? We can talk about that. Yes. Okay. Wake up in the night and watch you Cause you know I had a long night Kiss me twice cause it's gonna be alright Three times cause I waited my whole life What a fun pop song It's fun <laughs> it's... Yeah it's, It sounds like 
I don't know. It it, it sounds kind of throwbacky a bit in terms of its construction, but not its production. Well, it's it's a bit Smash Mouth esque. Oh it? damn! I was gonna say like <laughs> I, uh, like Cindy Lauper. Ah, damn! I was gonna say like Cindy Lauper, like eighties pop or something, but shit, Smash Mouth. Damn. Well, she's like singing, like she's singing, like her voice is processed, like it's through a telephone or something. It's uh, it's compressed, mm-hmm. and that's like what Smash Mouth does in every song. That's right. More like smashed mouth, smashed uh, singing, squashed, squashed, more like squash, squashed compression. <laughs> The, uh, audio, the audio files are loving these jokes. Yep. All the audio files that listen to this show. We're, we're not going to get any flack for those jokes. <laughs> no. Uh, so, so Becca, flack is a, is a lossless audio format. Okay. Oh, it was a pun. I didn't get that. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. And audio files. I would have gotten there faster, but, you know. <laughs> uh, um... The moon is high, like your friends were the night that we first met. Ha ha, they're high, I get it. Went home and tried to stalk you on the internet. Now I've read all of the books beside your bed. The wine is, that's kind of creepy. The wine is cold, like the shoulder that I gave you in the street. Cat and mouse for a month or two or three. Now I wake up in the night and watch you breathe. Not Definitely nothing <laughs> creepy happening in the, in the verse at any point. Uh, uh. <laughs> She gives him a shoulder in the street. A cold like a shoulder. Col- a cold pork shoulder. Yes. <laughs> I think that you... I want you to cook this for me. I can't cook. <laughs> All I do is music business. Cook me this pork shoulder. Please, Please. help. It's I'm so, so cold. Hungry. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm so busy. <laughs> Before it gets to room temperature, pork is very bad if it spoils. Don't let it get into it's the danger zone. It's very for you. <laughs> uh, okay. Um... Alternate universe Taylor Swift fan fiction. <laughs> Check that off the old checklist. Do you all think that she's that she cooks and that she's good at cooking? Oh, I think she's probably a mid-range cook, but I don't think she probably has occasion to cook often. I've oof, that's a good question. I huh. I feel like she's the kind of person who would learn how to cook to a certain extent, almost out of principle. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm, I like that. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. But she probably is busy enough that she doesn't do it very often. I would guess that she, the reason I think Taylor Swift cooks is because her whole life is surrounded by people. And on the rare occasions when she has the opportunity to be, to have more space, I would think that sometimes she would just want to be able to be like, everyone go away. I'm going to be by myself for a few days. I see. So even like telling cooks to go away. Yeah, like I would think that sometimes she would just be like, go the fuck away, you know? Yeah. Which, like space is such a, such a premium for her that, yeah. Yeah, you don't buy an island to be around a lot of other people. I found an article. <laughs> it's called Everything Taylor Swift Has Baked in the Last 10 Years. What? She's a, she's yeah. a bakestress? <laughs> a bakestrix, <laughs> a, a <bake-strix>, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah there's all these videos of her like baking cakes um she aw. just has cupcakes every time her cook isn't there <laughs> that's all she eats yeah no this is nice oh yeah and she like uh she she puts it on her insta yeah okay that's nice insta she's not cake. as good as bill gates 
Is he better at cupcakes? Bill Gates making making Oreo cake. No, that's he a ma- video. He had this, yeah, for like Rupert Murdoch's birthday, he he oh. made this one minute video of him cooking this fucking amazing Gross. looking Oreo cake. Which not a fan of Rupert Murdoch, but I was like, <laughs> did you really make that cake? Because we need to talk. This is a very very beautiful Oreo cake. I uh, he made it. He made it for the Gates Foundation. <laughs> this is most the, recent contribution. For the children. <laughs> it's a cake uh, endowment. <laughs> No, he's, he's moving on to condom cakes uh, more recently, I think. It has, isn't, uh, isn't like the Gates Foundation, isn't one of their big things is like handing out condoms? Oh, God. I hope so. I don't know about that. Okay, Gates Foundation condoms. I need, I need I must be vindicated in this joke. <laughs> yeah. I have to be. Yeah, you're going to need to explain that because I'm not editing it out. That's for sure. Oh. Uh, oh, God. Okay, so... Apparently, what I thought of is, um, here's an article from the Huffington Post uh, saying, Bill Gates is putting his money where your pleasure is. The Bill and, Mel- <laughs> <laughs> the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation awarded $100,000 to the University of Wollongong in Australia to develop a condom with more sensation, according to a YouTube video the school posted on June 3rd. So That's almost like an insulting amount of money. That isn't an investment. That's, <laughs> that's a middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> Fine, have a hundred k. Yeah. What else? <laughs> Are we going to talk about the song anymore? It has a take it up key change. Oh, uh, yeah. I think so it's the... her first. Is it? Can't. I don't think she's ever done another take it up key change. Huh. Let's listen to it. It's not good. Yeah, so this, this is a sweet song about wanting to marry someone, even if they only had paper rings. Um, so she, yeah, she's back on that marriage kick. Yep, she's she's talking about it, um, but she ain't been tied down yet. Yep. Um, There's some cute stuff about some rom com esque stuff about jumping in a pool. That's mm-hmm. too and it's too cold. It's the winter time. Don't jump in the pool. Brr. It's okay. We're in love. <laughs> 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 that always protects love, your will, love will keep us warm <laughs> Cameron as soon as you said that I started looking for your wine I was like Cameron's being too cute where is his wine and I don't even see any you're just doing it spontaneously good work uh, <laughs> spontaneous camis <laughs> wow Cameron can be interesting even when he's sober <laughs> periodically yeah wow that's nice to know yeah even when he's somber <laughs> <laughs> well now he's I like I like this lyric. I hate accidents except when we went from friends to this. I think that's really nice. Yeah, I. She says that in every chorus. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> whoopsie! Yeah. Now we're uh, whatever this is. <laughs> uh, I want your dreary Mondays. Unlike Garfield, Taylor loves Mondays <laughs> when they're with this this boy. Wrap your arms around me, baby boy. Is that the real lyric? Yes, it is. <laughs> is this whole thing about, about a baby? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to be the one to bring it back to adult baby play, but Taylor did. I married my baby. <laughs> National Qu- Enquirer <laughs> article about Taylor. Now that's what I call an age-inappropriate relationship. <laughs> but she would have to if she wanted to, to have the same age difference that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio gets away with. Let's see. Exactly. Yeah. So she's she's 31 now, and Leonardo was dating someone who was 23 years 
his junior. So 31. I don't like, I don't like this. <laughs> 23 is eight years old. I don't like what you're putting in everyone's minds. Cameron, you're the one who said the asymmetrical relationships were fine. Or is this episode's title going to be uh, Taylor, S- Taylor Smith's child groom? <laughs> Taylor Smith? <laughs> Swift. Who's Taylor <laughs> Smith? Are you sure I haven't been drinking wine? Um, I'm beginning to wonder. Oh, we got to wrap this up, though, yeah, we right? Do. We do, and we also, we haven't talked about London Boy, uh, You Need to Calm Down, or Me, all of which are three. They're, those were all okay. really big hits from this album. I think we need to, like, we need to are we sh- Do we have to talk about London Boy? That sounds fucking to. boring. Yeah. We, ha- we don't have to. Let's talk about London Boys. However, if we're not going to talk about it, we have to do another ding, ding, ding. Taylor Swift trivia. Guess who voices the intro to it? Do you well, have the Idris intro Elba. on record? Oh, you know already. Well, you. Well, let's listen sorry. to it. You didn't. That's not how the, trivia works. I ruined Cameron. the bit. Oh, uh, spoiler, spoiler alert! Elba. It's fine. <laughs> okay, let's. Do you have a sound sample we can of that? Go driving in on my scooter. Uh, you know, just riding London. <laughs> so that's that's it. Something about scootering around London. Um, I thought oh someone was just doing like an exaggerated fake uh, British accent, but apparently that's uh... someone. Might, someone might be. <laughs> Maybe Idris Elba is doing his impression yeah, of a Idris British Elba, person. Truther. I'm riding around on my scooter around London. <laughs> Don't you dare make fun of Idris Elba, David. He's nothing sacred anymore. <laughs> so Taylor Smith's an Anglophile. <laughs> now you're just um, now you're just committing to it. I like that. And, uh, I, I mean, I kind of want to talk about me just because I feel like Brendan Urie is kind of uh, insufferable. You've, you've um, talked about it yourself enough, Cameron, I think. And, and I had a great, uh, uh, a great bit about where I was going to sing, uh, the Tigger song. But, me, um, I, I thought of that too. I thought of that. <laughs> okay. We should talk about that. Okay. Let's, yeah, we, let's I think we it. also need to talk about, we need to calm down. Yeah, I think that's the main one. Cameron, you need to calm down. (laughs) Should we do our our jokey bit about me first? And then, and then, okay. Me first. It sounds like you're pretty Me first in the Gimme Gimme's. Me first. But the most wonderful thing about Tigger is, is I'm the only one. There it is. Yep. <laughs> I also thought of that. Are going to sing for us, though? Nope. All right. I don't remember how that part goes. Her tops are made out of rubber. Her bottoms are made out of spring. <laughs> and they They're are in the, the back, back of, of her, her body. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Yeah. Okay. I, let's well, talk about... I also like how she says, me, he, he. Let's talk about her. Let's talk about her gay song. Yeah. Wait. Which one is that? You need to calm down. Oh, I like this song. And I ain't trying to mess with your self-expression, but I've learned a lesson that's stressing and obsessing about somebody else's no fun. And snakes and stones never broke my bones, so... Is she saying uh-oh or oh-oh? 
because Genius says oh oh. Yeah. Really? I, I kept think I kept thinking she was saying uh oh, and I was really charmed by that. <laughs> whoopsie daisy, whoopsie daisy, whoopsie daisy. <laughs> oopsie, 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 oopsie. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh I like that she says snakes and stones never broke my bones, because apparently people kept tweeting uh snake emojis at her uh during the Taylor Swift's cancel party thing to say that she's a snake. Hmm. <sighs> I just like I think caring about celebrity feuds it, to that extent, like being invested in them, is icky and gross and yeah, and not, and not very cool. Yeah, <laughs> I think the line "say it in the street" that's a knockout, but you say it in a tweet that's a cop out is pretty cute. I'm pretty done with that line. Yeah, it's fun. That's some fun little posturing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I also I also like uh, that that she follows that lineup by saying, and I'm just like, hey, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like a totally, it's like, yes, that is the appropriate response to exactly what you're saying, over overhyped celebrity drama. Mm-hmm. So I think I maybe referenced this earlier on in the season, but she has gotten some sort of, some criticism for, uh, I think this song for being uh, uh, an ally to queer people. Um, because in the second verse, she she starts she stops t- she takes the focus away from herself and you know being the uh, a target for crit- baseless criticism um, and she's talking about people who hate uh, gay people and make fun of gay people or and uh, I think it's it's like a little bit of a strange juxtaposition to make yeah <laughs> to like. And maybe that's maybe part of the reason why she's received some criticism. Here's the second verse. You are somebody that we don't know, but you're coming at my friends like a missile. Why are you mad when you could be capital G, capital L, capital A, capital A, capital D, glad? As in the... Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. There it is. Yeah. Sunshine on the street at the parade... But you would rather be in the dark ages. Making that sign must have taken all night. Um, yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 weird. Well, once again, uh, well, maybe I haven't said this on the show, but there's this line of rhetoric, which is um, that gay people aren't, or or any kind of queer expression isn't hurting any straight people. Um, you know, like you know. It's sort of like a, a libertarian appeal almost, which is like, why can't you mm-hmm. just let people be themselves? You know, like a gay couple being married isn't going to hurt your marriage. And I think that queerness is an attack on purpose and also implicitly on straight culture because there are a lot of aspects of heteropatriarchy that cannot stand and cannot exist um, if queerness is allowed to exist. And when people have the audacity to be publicly prideful about their queer sexuality, um, then uh, it it is a threat because it's attractive and people want to be a part of it. And yeah, the heteropatriarchy like depends on um, people feeling like they need to settle conformity. Yeah, uh, and um, that they need to get married and form nuclear families and all these things. And 
if that is threatened, uh, then that means that like these systems will fall apart. Um, so, uh, and, and there are, and there are people who are, you know, in a zoomed in way, like in relationships that if that, that, that are so fragile and sometimes, uh, are, are at risk of violence that like, if there are external, even just like ideological threats, like queer, queer people being happy, then it is a threat to their relationship because it it does make it mean even less. (laughs) And (laughs) that's, I think that is why people expend so much effort to fight um, against queer equity and equality uh, is because of that. And I understand the rhetoric around, I mean, a lot of queer people use this rhetoric and ultimately it makes sense, you know, because a lot of queer people aren't specifically wanting to, they don't even want to think about <laughs> these people that, you know, that, like mm-hmm. it shouldn't, it shouldn't have anything to do with them, but it does because it is um, a subversive act to actually uh, uh, love someone and not just to conform to a system it- or to have sex with them to not just fall into, you know, respectability politics. Right. There, there's more going on that love wins. <laughs> there's also like, you know, people get to have sex in whatever way they want, as long as it's consensual. So it doesn't have to involve love. So that's worth saying as well. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, it occurs to me that it's like the parent, like the, the sort of statement about like, why do you care? Like, I think that the statement, why do you care who I love yeah. and what I do with my body is a really valuable statement because it points to the reasons that queerness is uh, prophetic to driven some Christianese into that conversation. Um, But the statement, it doesn't have anything to do with you. Isn't true. So I think as a query to pun, to pun it as a query, I think it's useful (laughs) because it points to the, because it points to the, the, the thing that is true, which is there is something to be questioned. There is something to be examined and it's not in, I mean, it's not, it is in queerness, but it's also in straightness. But as a statement, it, it doesn't hold. Yeah, because a lot of people take it to be sort of purely rhetorical. You know, like, this, this, you're just, you know, that these people are just being a bully for not minding their own business. Yeah. When it's like, no, they're, they're, uh, more than just their paradigms are being threatened. Yeah. Like, there are entire systems that are, that, and 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 like many many households that are in this very fr- fragile uh, structure of heteropatriarchy, and they will fall apart the the more that uh, their <laughs> the more the 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 more that it becomes clear that their households and marriages and family systems aren't uh, you know divinely ordained and or aren't serving them and or aren't and or aren't actually serving them. Yeah, absolutely. I have, I have an article here uh, from Vulture. Um, I'll link this in the learning links, but I just want to read a paragraph of it. You need to calm down is chipper and it has great intentions, but there's been resistance. Taylor Swift's roll out dovetailing as neatly with Pride Month as it has so far raises questions. People want to know if she's glomming on to these issues to kill the complaint that she was calculatedly apolitical at a junction in world affairs where her voice was needed. Great, great point. Mm. If she's just, 
Another business seeking woke points for adopting a rainbow filler in the month of June, or if she's a good-natured ally, too cozy, occupying air in queer spaces. Also great questions. We've seen these endeavors go down badly. The quick uh, corporatization of pride has been depressing. Celebrities who use queer baiting as a sales strategy are tiresome. Uh, and then there's a parenthetical here that says, bless the Joe bros, but the year Nick spent chasing gay roles, bars, and magazines felt like pandering. I don't actually know what that's in reference to. The Jonas Brothers. Oh, okay. So I guess maybe one of Nick Jonas was queer baiting. It sounds like it. Um, quick aside, some some folks have um, accused or have wondered if uh, Taylor Swift is queer baiting on her next album that we're going to cover the one that she just released uh folklore mm-hmm. um so we'll get to that cross that bridge when we come to it advocacy requires poise taylor swift campaigns are freight trains is she here to make the same mistakes is there more to this story than what we know right now lover is going to make people itch until answers are revealed that's a really well written uh, paragraph and it makes me feel smart for reading it <laughs> um but yeah i think that's kind of an encapsulation of a lot of the criticism that I have heard of Taylor Swift. And I think the line advocacy requires poise. Taylor Swift campaigns are freight trains. Um, I think that actually encapsulates a lot of why people are upset by things that Taylor Swift does that her business does. Um, even if it's just very obviously well-intentioned because it's just so powerful. Hmm. Yeah. Um, are you making a note? What are you doing right now? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I'm putting in the learning links. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And I just talked for a long time, so I was assuming someone else was going to pipe in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything to build off of that. Um, I mean, I, I, at the risk of extending this issue even further, I was just reading this article um, on Current Affairs, which is a very fun magazine um, called... Uh, I, I, in, what was it inclusion in the atrocious and it's all about like the trans ban on the military and yeah, yeah. it's uh <laughs> and they make the point that like, topic hey, is basically a friend of the show at this point <laughs> yeah exactly it's like you know you shouldn't be clamoring to be included in something so awful um but it, it makes this side point that uh we in the in the fight for marriage equality um a lot of states got rid of things like domestic partnerships uh, because they were like, oh, well, really? gay people can get married now. And so a lot of gay people or queer people of whatever kind essentially had to be forced into marriage, uh, which is, you know, maybe like a bourgeois institution they didn't want mm. to be associated with uh, in order yep. to get things like health care coverage uh, from their spouse. Wow. Yeah. So. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So it's like. The- I, I didn't know that they got rid of that. Certain states got rid of the the marriage uh analogs yeah the or the marriage alternatives yeah um yeah so to the degree that like it's becoming more accepted it, it seems to be at risk of being co-opted and like absorbed by um uh conformity and the same power structures yeah i have um i'm part of this group on facebook called that's not representation it's rainbow capitalism Mm. It's just a me- it's just a meme group. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah, and uh, I think it's... Um, I think it's, yeah, it was just a really fraught discussion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, worth having. All right. Um, anything else about this song? I <clears throat> don't want to... I'm not trying to, like, erase everything Cameron just said because I think it's awesome and preach. But I, I do think this music video is extremely fun. And in general, as, like, a sort of... As a representation of what this album is to Taylor, of, like, what Taylor's doing in her own life... Um, a lot of this album is the album, the song itself isn't explicitly about pride. The song itself, except for the glad, that's the only explicit reference to pride in it, but everything else is like, well, th- yeah. there's that line where she says, uh, what is it about? Cause shade never made anybody less gay. Okay. You're right. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's, there's def- actually several references. And then the, like one of the last like riffs is like, can you just not step on our gowns? But then earlier it says step on his gown. Mm-hmm. Mm. It definitely takes a pivot, and then the rest of the song is about uh, gay allyship. Okay, yeah. fair enough. That is true. Mm-hmm. I see that. Um, I think the music video is really fun, and a lot of the feeling that I have watching the music video is like that she's sort of like coming to something in her own life of like, oh man, I I'm really tired of this one particular way of living and this way of engaging in like conflict and hate and. I want to not do that. And I want to instead value and appreciate something that I really value about the queer community, which is this sort of like playfulness that in straight culture often isn't as valued or appreciated. Like there's this huge link between sexuality and creativity. And I feel like something that the queer community is really good at is uh, being creative and being really playful and like finding really Mm -hmm. playful spaces. And that's a lot of what I think about with drag and, kitsch um yeah and kitsch and yeah and the and the music the music video has a lot of that of just like you know there's like a lot of beauty to be a part of here and there's something that's being offered to you if you if you can kind of get over yourself enough to see it um there's also a scene in the music video where taylor and taylor's like walking around dressed as a french fry costume and katie perry's walking around dressed just like a uh hamburger and they like see each other and run up to each other and hug and it's like kind of sweet it's like the end of their, the, the public end of their of their feud <laughs> that's great <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that's hilarious yeah also ryan reynolds is in this music video painting painting a portrait of someone what there's a lot of great yeah there's a lot of great celebrity references in it the, the um queer eye folks are in there mm. why is ryan reynolds in this She's just ever, it's just people she likes. She's okay, like, come on fine. in, come on over, you know? <laughs> it's a big tent. It's a big tent. Yeah. Get on in here again. <laughs> All right. Um, let's, let's call it there. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it's, we're running a bit long. Stop. All right. Well, we'll be back next week with uh, Folklore, right? That came out this year. Yeah, last episode. Last episode. Then we're on to whatever the next thing is. Whatever that is. In the meantime, you can follow, visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. Tweet us at Topias Podcast. Uh, if you want to support us, you can do it in a couple ways, like writing us a review or just smashing the stars on iTunes. Uh, you can go support us more directly by going to our Patreon at support.boxset.website. You'll get access to all of our bonus materials, including a weekly mini show called What's in the Box Weekly. Uh, today we talked about catching up on the ends of the boys and the Queen's Gambit. And a little bonus shout-out for Moonbase 8. Um... You can also join our Discord. You should also listen to Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get Up in the Cool. Oh, I wish you would. Is is Get Up in the Cool Month, right? 
yeah, it's the fundraiser month, which is a great time for y'all to start listening to Get Up in the Cool. It doesn't mean you have to give me money right away. Give me money if you end up listening a bunch. Um, but uh, I'm saving, you know, my extra special uh, guests and interviews for this month. They're all special, but these ones are extra duper special. I think that's the same thing I said last week. Yeah. Um, Some and, animals uh, are more special than others. <laughs> Okay, Jesus. Um, uh, Kaya Cater is my is my guest this week. Um, she's a songwriter, old time banjo player, Canadian, black woman, uh, just all things that I love. <laughs> all things that are worth uh, talking about. The ways that those intersect, and we talk about that last part uh, especially a lot. And she's. Um, incredibly open in some in some very i think helpful ways for people to hear so yeah uh everyone should listen to that one yeah that would be great all right well thanks for listening everyone i've been nathan hunt and i'm covered in barf i've been camera to it and i'm keeping the downbeat on the down low i've been becca to it and i'm only funny when i'm hober What you gonna do with all that ass, all that ass located in the back of your body? (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna make, make, make you be sued. Very good. It's a very close parody, I would say. Almost indistinguishable. It fits the form really well, is what I'd say. (laughs) I would have said, because I ain't no Hall of Front girl. (laughs) Because I ain't no Hall of Front girl. (laughs) Ah, I get it. I get it.